0: Hey, welcome to this week's episode of Neo-Theo. I'm Chris Davis, and we're going to talk about why you need to stop preaching Christ. I have been asked by numerous pastors, why do you think it is that people keep leaving our church for other movements? Now, typically, this, this, this deals not with the, the standard church split. So I'm not, I'm not talking about the times when divisive people come in and just like decide to go split the church and, and start their own, you know, second church of whatever down the street. That, that is, that's a separate issue. But right now I'm talking about the, the constant drip of people leaving, uh, typically evangelical type churches for other evangelical type churches. And they, you know, they ask me this question, they say, why, why do you think it is that there's just this constant flow of people out of our church into this, this other movement? And, for the most part, this, this is people going from a uh, moderately evangelical, you know, church into a reformed church. Uh, and th- this has become the standard from th- that I have to deal with. So, so there's this question of why are people leaving my church for Calvinist churches or whatever. All right. I'm, I'm going to deal with the, the foundation of this. I think there's other issues that, that are actually leading to this, but the, the foundational point. It could be summed up in in one piece of advice that I would give to every person that is aspiring to be a pastor. Stop preaching Christ. Teach the Bible. Okay, so that obviously sounds like an abrasive statement that is heresy or whatever. But listen, you know I don't mean to stop preaching Christ. And, um, as if that's a contrast to the Bible, what I'm talking about is this idea that every single passage in the Bible must be about the gospel. It must be about Christ. This has become a truism in evangelical churches. You, if you do not preach Christ from every single passage, you will have somebody come up to you. And if they haven't already, they are going to do this. They will walk up to you after your service. They will say to you, pastor, that was uh that was such a good message, but, but where's Jesus in this? Where, I just, where's the gospel in what you're talking about? And they will say it in that exact tone, and it's, it's the most condescending tone and passive-aggressive way to get you to, to respond, um, in, in a favorable way for them. So, just, don't fall for this. Like, if they say, where, where is Christ? Where is the gospel? You, you need to have a, uh, a response ready and say, you know, brother, I just, I, I, think that, uh, I'm called to teach the Bible, uh, and that, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna teach the Bible. So, um, you know, there's a method of teaching the Bible where you go from Genesis to Revelation. And the beauty of that is that you get the whole, the whole council of, of scripture. And I I love that, that uh, methodology of teaching the word. The problem is that many people will claim that this is what they're doing, that they're teaching verse by verse they're teaching passage by passage. They're teaching the book of the Bible, whatever it is. But instead of teaching the book of the Bible, they're teaching the gospel. And every Sunday you come. It's about the gospel. All you're hearing is the same message over and over and over and over again. Now, here, here's the problem with this uh, on a practical level. any If I ever went to any type of seminar on the face of the planet and they had recurring meetings, let's say even once a month, after about six of these meetings, even just once a month, if the message was the exact same every time with a different background, I would be done. I would say I'm over this. I'm out of here. Okay. Now let's move this a little further and say that every week you go and the message is the exact same, with a different background. I, I personally would be would be out after about a month of that. Um, and, and so, so I don't think it's a coincidence that that we see people just leaving in general when this is the the operation that's taking place. Um, you know, people aren't, aren't really going to come around to hear somebody talk about the exact same thing every day and then and then, you know, expect to be somehow somehow like learning something or somehow um, changing as a human being because they're hearing the same message. This is not how this is not how things work. So one of the responses to this is, um, well, but we're, you know, as pastors, we're called to be evangelists. You know, this is in, in, in scripture. OK, but no, it's not. That is not not what is in Scripture. Paul tells Timothy that you're to do the work of an evangelist. Okay, what's the implication of that passage, though? If Paul is having to tell Timothy to do the work of an evangelist, the, the implication is that that's not his primary job. If Paul has to tell him to do this also, then his primary job is something else. And so he's telling Timothy, yes, okay, you're going to be a pastor, but don't forget to also do the work of an evangelist. Paul is not mandating evangelism for the pastoral role. That's just not your job primarily. There are evangelists. And so the trade-off is that these guys don't go and evangelize. You know, you'd never see them in in Starbucks or whatever evangelizing. Instead, they evangelize on Sunday, and they have their flock go and bring people to the church. So you've got hundreds and hundreds of non-Christians, over the years that come to church to hear the gospel. Heck no. Okay, stop it. This is not the model of the church. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. That is so backwards. (laughs) Evangelism is the actual going out into the world and preaching the gospel. If you are bringing unbelievers into your church to hear the gospel, you are actually flipping the biblical model on its head. You do not need to be having unbelievers in your church every Sunday and then beating up your sheep saying, you need to invite people, you need to invite people to hear the gospel, you need to invite people every week. That's ridiculous, okay? That is not what church is for. The whole point of church is for believers, okay? Capital B here, right? Believers to come together, to fellowship, to learn and to grow in Christ. That's the point of church. The point is not to hear the gospel. If you are preaching the gospel every Sunday, you need to get out of the pastorate. You need to go do something else. You need to be an evangelist. Okay, you need to go and, and preach on the street or, or figure out some way to have an evangelistic sermon and then also a actual church service. Because if you have an evangelism service every Sunday, you're not a pastor. Okay, you, you are an evangelist. You're not doing anything. You're just, you're just sitting there on Sunday preaching the gospel. But that is the work of an evangelist only. So when you get up on, on Sunday and you start t- teaching and preaching, uh, the reason people are leaving your church, again, hearkening back to this idea of re- repetition, they're they're leaving for that one reason, okay? You're just leaving because it's the constant message over and over and over and over again. So people getting doled out, they don't want to hear that. But here here's the ultimate reason why people are leaving. Okay, in, in preaching this every single Sunday, it beyond repetition, what you're doing is you are never moving past the surface of any given text. There's just not enough time. Even if you are preaching for an hour on on, on a Sunday morning, which which many people do, um, and the intention is always going back to this idea that Jesus Christ died for your sins and He rose again, and you need to repent and come to come to Christ, and that that is the goal of every single message. You are never digging into the passage, never. Okay, so everybody is sitting there, hearing you talk about some obscure passage in Leviticus. And somehow now tying that in to how Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you need to to repent and come to Christ. And so so for the people that are sitting there hearing this, that are presumably believers already, they're thinking to themselves, this can't possibly be what Leviticus says here. I mean, this is talking about somebody getting their hand cut off because they did something wrong. There's no way that this preaches Christ. But man, that, that pastor is so creative that he can tie this into the gospel and tell me that I need to repent and come to Jesus because um, I guess somehow I'm going to get my hand cut off according to the law. Um, you know, th- this, is, uh, th- this is really the, the point. And so then when you set the foundation uh, of theology at we're going to also teach the word, and we're going to do this. So you've got the surface level leading to this point, but your goal is we're going to teach the word. And you're telling everybody around you, I'm teaching the word. I'm going to teach the word. I'm going to teach the word. I'm going to teach verse by verse by verse. Eventually, people are going to say, all right, um, I'm done with this. You're not teaching the word. You're, you're preaching the gospel on Sunday, which, you know, God love you. I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. I'm glad you're getting the gospel out there. But really, um, I'm not learning anything here. And they have a right to leave your church. Now, the unfortunate thing is I don't like the churches that they end up going to because the churches that they end up going to are typically, um, you know, guys that are uh, really uh, caustic. They're, they're, they're on the verge of a church split already. <laughs> and so these, these guys that they end up going and gravitating to are pretty um, not not nice guys that end up teaching and, and helping them to grow, which is unfortunate. I think you need to be doing that in your own church. So, you know, you can, you can keep a significant amount of people in your church by just actually teaching the Bible. You know, I've, I've been in uh, church movements where they, they make fun of the Baptists for having Sunday school uh, and then having these, like, uh, you know, different, different style messages on Sunday for uh, a bigger body. But, but what, what's really interesting to me is that, that that model is actually, I think, what needs to happen for most of you that, that keep doing this. And it's because when you give a message on Sunday that's that's very um, simple and um, skimming the surface and never actually teaching the Bible, <clears throat> even though you say you are, you need to have an avenue for these people to learn the actual Bible. And that's what Sunday school would do. If this didn't have a negative effect on people in, that come to church to learn, uh, I, I probably wouldn't even touch on this because I would just let people leave the church and go find other churches. The problem is that there there is this uh, process by, by which when you leave a church... You go through this turmoil. You you got to go hunt down another church. You 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 deal with the guilt because a lot of churches will tell you that they are the true church, (laughs) representing Christ on earth. And so for for six months to a year, you've got to unpack some of that and realize that no, I'm I'm still saved. I'm not. I'm still a believer if I leave this church. Um, And so then you got to go hunt down another church, and you start realizing that many churches suck. They're just really bad churches. And so you know you by by not doing this, by not actually doing what you're supposed to do as a pastor. Uh, you, you send out these people into the world to go look for bad churches and have to find one that they can land on. So you know, you're setting them up for failure in the first place, um, when instead you're supposed to be offering them a place to come for comfort and to encourage them as believers. And, uh, you know, and so this is, I think, this, this is really my heart why I have to address this, because I've seen so many lives just unraveled because of this. They, you know, they're not taught anything, and so they have to go seek knowledge somewhere else. And, uh, and in the, in the wake of that, there's all sorts of heartache and, um, disillusionment. And then, and then ultimately just kind of this giving up attitude where, you know, I, I've gotten to a point where now I just say, I don't know. And I just go to church and whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> becomes like the, the operating, uh, procedure is just, yeah, okay. So they're over it. They're completely over it. Um, and in some, some ways that's good, I guess, because at least they're, you know, they're mellowing out now and they can, they can just receive from, from wherever they're at. But, but, but the unfortunate part is that also means that many ideas that are actually foundational to Christianity have kind of been mellowed out for them. They just don't care anymore. They're kind of burned out. Um, um, and so, okay, so th- this takes, Takes shape in some other forms as well. So it's not just when you just preach the gospel every Sunday. It also takes the shape when somebody comes up to you and asks a legitimate question about theology and the response, which I have personally witnessed, uh, many pastors do to, uh, to people that come and they say to them, well, you just, you just need to have more faith, brother. You need to just believe and, and trust, trust the Lord and focus on Jesus. Just focus on Jesus. And completely sidestep the question that these people bring. Um, That is one of the most frustrating experiences of life. Um, I have gone through a lot of education. And anytime a professor has told me that um, my question in in that way is irrelevant. Nobody's ever really told me that I have like a bad question. Uh, Most professors don't do stuff like that. But they do have ways of getting around it, just like that, by saying, "Yeah, you know, you just, you just are kind of, you got to let it go. You're kind of, you kind of go off the deep end there, or something." And anytime that's ever happened to me, I have immediately written that professor off. That is the last time I am listening to that person. Um, This has happened to me a handful of times, and I, I tell you, man, I that is the last time I learned from them, and that was it. And it is a mark of you having grown beyond. The person that you're asking. So if you are asking your pastor this question and there's no, and that's the answer that comes to you, you are at a place where I believe I can legitimately tell you, you have moved beyond your pastor and that might be time for you to move on. You need to go somewhere else. But here, I'm going to caution this and say to you, if your pastor responds like this and says to you, um, well, I don't, I don't actually know. Let me, let me look that up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get back to you on that. Come in, uh, maybe we'll work on that on a Monday or Tuesday if you want to come, come to my office. We'll work through that together, and I'll show you how I study through that. If your pastor answers you like that, you need to stay at that church because you have found a very, very rare man. Uh, that is somebody that will, God will continue to use, and you need to just you need to stick it out and, and just trust that God's going to grow you at that place. Um, this mentality is lacking in so many pastors because they believe... That uh, just by just by getting up and opening their mouth, they can somehow teach everybody what needs to be taught. And so when these questions come, they don't have answers. And so it's very it's very frustrating for for individuals that bring these questions. And so again, um, for you pastors that are doing this, like what you need to be doing is taking you know a, a portion of that time that they're paying you to to do. To actually go study those questions and then give a response to them that's a legitimate response, or ultimately say I don't know, but here's some resources you can go to to study that. Um, I have seen pastors do this. I'm not, I'm not saying all of them do this, but I, I, I am saying that I have seen more pastors do the alternative than what's right. Uh, and this is not unique to just pastors, but I am saying that uh, if you know if you are having people leave your church, you need to seriously question whether you're doing this or not because um, this is not this is not an appropriate way. Of, of acting. So another overlooked facet of this is that you know whereas we, we, we said that pa- uh, passage doesn't talk about being an evangelist that's not what that means you do actually have another passage that mandates what you're supposed to be doing and it is you are supposed to be training believers for the work of the ministry. Uh, You know, you'll hear your whole pastor say something like, you know, this isn't really the ministry. What you do is the ministry. And and yet there's never really this this training about how to go about doing that. When you as a Christian come to church, the whole point of you being there uh, outside of the fellowship is to be learning how to go out into the world and to live in the world, which is so different from what, you know, you are experiencing now as a believer and to actually minister to people around you. You're supposed to be being trained in these things. Uh, and so your job as, as the as a pastor is to train them up to do these things and the way that you do that is by teaching the word and uh, you know and exhorting them and encouraging them to go out and get outside of the comfort shell uh, comfort zone and when you when you as a believer start learning these things it becomes so much easier to go you know I remember when um, you know when when the, the scales were really taken off for me and I I kept asking these questions like, man, I, I don't understand how to apply this or whatever. This doesn't make sense how to, to go out and, and do what the pastor's talking about. Um, and then I took a separate class that was offered at the church, and they explained different things to me about how to share my faith. It was very beneficial for me. Um, I ultimately now don't, don't really use this method, and I, I, I don't like some of the things that they do. But at the time, it was really helpful because it actually got me to a place where I was comfortable enough to go out and, and share my faith with other people, uh, which is, that's actually the, you know, the, one of the most important parts of Christianity, is this, um, this evangelistic thrust. And so we should all be evangelizing. Uh, so you need to be training people in order to do these things in some way. You know, it's not, it's not enough to just say to them, you need to bring your friends to church and we're going to evangelize them here. You know, that, again, that's, that's flipping the idea of church on its head. That's not what church is. I don't really want to offend too many people here, but I really am trying to help the young man that is about to become a pastor uh, to really weigh through some of this stuff because you, you've got you've to wrestle with some of these ideas. And, you know, there, there's a difference between wanting to be a pastor and wanting to be an evangelist. And, uh, you know, if, if your constant repeated thought about this is, I just have such a burden for the lost, I've got such a heart for the lost there is a good chance you're not actually called to be a pastor. This is not the desire of a pastor primarily. The desire of a pastor is to have a group of individuals that um, that you're going to grow in Christ. Your, your job, your heart should be to love on a body of Christ, whatever size that is, the believers in Christ in that area. That should be your heart. So instead of saying, I have a heart for the laws, you better be saying, I have a heart for the people of God in this area, and I want to minister to them, and I want to help them to live their life in this world. Thanks again for joining us this week on Neo-Theo, where we just discussed why you need to stop preaching Christ.